0: Welcome in to the All-NFL Talk Podcast. This is your one and only Jeff Woodruff. We are recording Monday night, about 15 minutes away from kickoff before the Saints take on the Chargers. And we are here to fill everyone in on an action-packed week five of the NFL. This is episode 39-er. Niner Niner of the All Talk Pod, and I'm smiling through it all. All Alright, we are going to get into it. Week 5 has came. It is gone. It'll actually be wrapped up uh, tomorrow, Tuesday afternoon. First, I think this might be the first ever Tuesday game that I tune into. Either way, we have, at this point, 13 games. Yeah, 13 games to get into we're going to touch on all of them. You guys know the drill. Some a little bit more than others. Starting off with a matchup in the AFC North between Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens taking on Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. The Ravens took this one 27 to 3 in which was a dominant dominant outing by the Baltimore defense. The Bengals essentially stood absolutely zero chance Uh, Bengals were confused on offense they couldn't get anything going no productivity from any of their wideouts Joe Mixon was held mostly in check I mean the Ravens did their thing you guys know what you're going to get out of Lamar Jackson Uh, he he throws to Mark Andrews more he utilizes the tight end more than any other quarterback in the whole entire league Uh, Andrews found the end zone yet again This time around, but really the big storyline came out of this one, A.J. Green. um, I I thought this year he was going to be able to come back, bounce back a little bit from what's been a troublesome past three years with injuries. He's finally back to healthy, but he just looks all out of sorts uh, out on the Bengals' offense right now. And ahead of the trade deadline, A.J. AJ Green, who's playing on a franchise tag, just a one-year deal right now with Cincinnati. He could be a guy to keep your eye on moving forward. The Ravens again won this one handedly 27-3. That AFC North division is going to be a tight one um, with the Ravens currently on top of that division with a 4-1 record. The Houston Texans, the defeated Houston Texans, came into this one 0-4, taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is the first game without Bill O'Brien. Uh, the first game about their head coach, GM, play caller, whatever you want to call it. And Romeo Crennel steps in and takes the helm. Texans fans, you got you got out there. You won 30-14 to 14 against you know a beat-up Jaguars team. To their credit, the Jaguars are always going to be pesky. They're always going to be hanging around. Uh, Deshaun Watson finally looked like he was the quarterback that you expected them to be. Brandon Cooks, welcome to the 2020 NFL season. Cooks finally got over 100 yards, got some targets thrown his way, got in the end zone, and the Texans offense took advantage of a very favorable matchup against just a depleted Jacksonville team. The Jags started off uh, relatively looking pretty well set for the first couple of weeks, but going into this year, I mean... They were my candidate to go over and wield their way to the first-round draft pick for 2021, hence Trevor Lawrence. And at some point, you're like, wow, are the Jags going to maybe pull out five or six wins this season? And now we've really seen that the gap is starting to show itself. uh, As the the injuries continue to mount up, Gardner Minshew continues to sort of expose himself for being what we all expected Gardner Minshew to be. I expect the Jaguars to continue just on a very downhill poor trend. The Texans, on the other hand, you know what, it was a good win for them. They got back in the W column. We'll see if that continues. I still have very little hope for the Texans to make any sort of run in the playoffs this year. Moving to Carolina, the Panthers. Uh, This was one of uh, Jeff's eight-delish picks for the week. Panthers took on the Falcons. The Falcons were actually favored to go into this game. The, pa- the Panthers are now running a three-week win streak. Three in a row brings their total up to three and two, and that offense continues to keep rolling without Christian McCaffrey. CMAC is going to be eligible to return off the IR coming in week six. Uh, That's going to put the Panthers in a tough situation because they got Big Mike, Big Mike Davis filling in for C-Mac, and what I, honestly, what I expect, I I would, unless C-Mac comes out and he says that he is 100% healthy, he gets that 100% sign-off from all the medical staff too, I think that the Panthers continue rolling with what they got, Robbie Anderson continues to be one of the best offseason acquisitions across the whole NFL. He is clearly Teddy's number one target. Uh, he's getting 10-plus targets a game, 8-plus receptions a game, and he's turning he's turning those into you know, yards after the catch, deep threat, as you would expect Robbie Anderson to do. Mike Davis is continuing to really step in perfectly. I mean, it comes to the point where, yeah, CMAT comes back, but you're getting so much production from Mike Davis. It's going to be very interesting to see how Matt Rule and the rest of the coaches uh, up in Carolina manage that, and it also points out that if you have a lot of money, if you're paying record-breaking deals to running backs, that's never a good thing. The Panthers just paid C-Mac an historical amount of money for the running back position, and then he gets hurt, and a 28-year-old comes in who basically who got cut uh previously and now he comes in and is being equally if not more productive than christian McCaffrey had been uh, through the first couple weeks of the nfl season so the panthers you got your money tied up in the wrong spot unfortunately it just goes to show that you can find production at the running back position at any stage of a player's career um the falcons on the other hand they made a lot of changes to the front office head coach dan quinn Out, General manager, whose name I do not know, out. Um, Julio Jones, yet again, sitting on the bench with a hamstring injury. And through the first, you know, three weeks or so, the Panthers were like, okay, we can at least put up points. Like, yeah, our defense is historically bad, but our offense can go, go out there and at least, you know, Make it a shootout game. Let's get in shootout games. But without Julio, that just totally gets it taken away from itself. Uh, Matt Ryan does not look like himself without Julio on the field. It just takes away a massive, massive component of that Falcons offense. The Falcons, ouch. They fall to 0-5. I would not expect the Falcons to be 0-5 at this point in the season. But here they are. I also would not expect... Me to have to be talking about this next game, like like I'm about to be. The Las Vegas Raiders checked in against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Raiders come out. This was one of uh, my eight doish picks, and I lost it. Raiders take the Chiefs on and win 40 to 32 in Arrowhead. And honestly, this game. Hats off. Credit to the Raiders. I mean, I'm going to give the Raiders credit where it's due. They absorbed some punches. They were down 24-10 early after a bad Derek Carr pick. Chiefs turned that into more points. But, man, the Chiefs' defense was non-existent. Specifically, the Chiefs' pass rush was non-existent this game. I, I truly believe that that was the biggest factor in the Raiders getting this win. Chris Jones and Frank Clark, I don't know if they had one quarterback pressure between the two of them. Uh, anytime Derek Carr did get pressure, he looked as as you would expect Derek Carr to look. Uh, he was missing balls. He was throwing picks uh, when he had guys in his face. But when we gave him time, the Raiders were hitting on the deep plays. Uh, the Chiefs defense looked bad. Uh, It looked ugly, and the Chiefs' offense was non-existent in the second half. Um, The Chiefs, I've noticed this through the first four games of the season. The Chiefs have been strolling out, I mean, week two against the Los Angeles Chargers was a perfect, perfect example of what I'm about to say. The Chiefs have experienced expected the win to just fall in their laps. They know that they're more talented, they know that they have a better coaching staff, and they know that they have Patrick Mahomes on their team. And we've seen this week in and week out so far this year, the Chiefs kind of roll out to the field half asleep, Uh, they'll turn it on in the fourth quarter when they have to, but it is mostly, it feels like it's an attitude issue right now. Uh, were sloppy out there. The penalties continue to mount up against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are top five in penalties this year, and the Raiders. The Raiders took advantage of it. Uh, they got pressure on Mahomes. The, the Chiefs. Is, the Chiefs O line is just bad this year. They've been playing very poorly, and defenses are starting to t- kind of figure out a little recipe to beat the Chiefs. And it's pretty much we're dropping 7, 8 in coverage whenever we can Because they're getting pressure up front without blitzing um, The Chiefs, I know, I know it's a very long season For you Chiefs fans out there, I will say This had to happen, we lost week 5 last year too um, I think that the Chiefs are going to come back Get their minds right, and then When you're favored by such a large amount As we were against the Raiders We're going to go into zombie mode We're playing the Bills uh, This upcoming Monday in about a week here We're going to be having some tough competition Against them So I think we'll get back on track with a big win Against the Bills But the swappiness, the attitude The offensive line production The defensive line production The secondary God, I mean it was just an off week for the Chiefs Again, credit to the Raiders I said, good teams beat the Raiders, and the Chiefs are not a good team in Week 5. They really weren't. We had 25 yards of offense in the second half before all of the garbage time came. It was bad. Chiefs fall to 4-1. The Raiders move up to 3-2. Chiefs still atop the AFC West at 4-1. The Cardinals are taking on the Jets and took them on. They did. Cardinals came out, my NFC team, 30-10. to The Jets are bad. The Jets are so, so bad. Um, there's no hope in that franchise right now. Adam Gase, for some reason, still has a job. Le'Veon Bell returned this week. I- if you guys can remember back, Le'Veon Bell, when he was on the Steelers, they would break out Le'Veon to the slot, to the outside, and they would basically treat him at times during the games as another wide receiver. And the Jets targeted him one time. You are not... Le'Veon is the most athletically talented, the best weapon that you have on offense. Adam Gase, you have to figure out ways to get the ball to Le'Veon Bell. He had 12 rushes for about 60 yards, which when you break it down yards per carry, pretty solid. Over 4, that's what you want to go for. But, Le'Veon was pissed after the game, he was liking tweets about his lack of usage. Adam Gase got that brought up to him, he was, you know, it, it's just a total cluster up in New York right now, and the Jets continue the losing streak, they fall to 0-5. The Cardinals bounce back after what I felt was a must win against the Panthers. Thankfully for the Cardinals, um, they got back on track against the Jets. DeAndre Hopkins reasserted himself as the best wide receiver in the NFL. DeAndre Hopkins is incredible. Kyler Murray continues to find production, whether it be through the air or on his feet. If Kyler can chill out on the interceptions, then he's going to be a a really good quarterback. He had six through last week. Um, He came away with, I think, just one against the Jets. I mean, he's like... Five, eight, and he has to throw over guys his offensive line who are, you know, six seven, six eight guys. So it's it's honestly tough for him. Uh, the Cardinals' defense is also going to be an issue. Chandler Jones on their defensive line looked to have torn his bicep during the game. That's likely a season-ender right there. The Cardinals, uh, we all know it. They're in a really, really tough division. That NOC East, thankfully, thankfully, uh, they had the 49ers just completely botched that. We're going to get into it in a bit. But just to wrap up with some of the other early noon games, the Eagles took on the Steelers. The Eagles, credit to them, they fought. They really did. Um, Carson Wentz, you know, he, he didn't look god awful against the Steelers. A really, really good Steelers defense. The Steelers are top 5 in the NFL, moved them into the top 5 in the NFL power rankings, Big Ben looks to be 100% healthy, uh, it's such a difference, what he brings to the Steelers is such a massive difference, and I mean, performance of the week, Chase Claypool, rookie out of Notre Dame, 4 touchdowns, uh, the Steelers are scary again. The Steelers have Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Juju, James Conner, Vinny Snell, Big Ben swinging the ball. And then that defense is still just a mean, mean front. The Steelers put up 39 against the Eagles. They went up 29 on a couple of just big plays that are not well representative of the Steelers' defensive performance throughout thus far in the season. So we'll continue to see the Steelers, uh, you know, progress. Keep an eye out for the Steelers. And again, that AFC North, like I said, they're keeping pace with the Ravens. Uh, That's going to be a really tough division because you got the Browns in there too. Um, We'll see, man. AFC North, I I think it stacks up really well against—here it is. AFC North is the best division in football this year. Between them and the NFC East— Wow. A couple of good uh, teams over there. NFC West. Yeah, not the NFC East. NFC East is terrible. Um, the Rams took on the Washington football team. The Rams are, you know, continuing to do what the Rams did in 2018. They're putting up points. They put up 30 on the Washington football team. Aaron Donald was wreaking absolute havoc. Aaron Donald tacked up four sacks against Washington. That is that's a massive day for Donald. Uh, at the defensive like a defensive tackle putting up four sacks is absolutely unheard of. Aaron Donald continues to show that he will likely be the defensive MVP and should be the defensive MVP pretty much each year that he's healthy. Um, big story line here, Alex Smith Alex, our guy, our good friend, mentor to Patrick Mahomes, uh, survivor of a god-awful nasty leg injury. He was percentages close to getting that leg just totally amputated after a bunch of uh, mishaps happened with the infections and surgeries and everything like that. Uh, Alex Smith found his way back in the game. We were all scared for him. We were all holding our breaths. I remember going into that game. Everyone was like, okay, there's a chance. If Kyle Allen goes down, then we're going to see Alex Smith. He's number two on the depth chart this week for Washington. And then Kyle Allen got his mind scrambled by Jalen Ramsey. What a helmet-to-helmet. Good old CTE action there. And Alex Smith got in. I'll say it. He didn't look terrible. He is 100% the best quarterback that washington has on that roster and you know what honestly the washington football team i think your darkest days are behind you uh you've got some pieces there that you can really build on and i'm excited for washington moving forward and their schedule coming up guys they can truly make a push in that division to be contenders there um it's it's still the Cowboys they're one game behind the Cowboys right now with one win and it's it's a little bit unsettling to say but the NFC East is wide open and the Washington football team can string together a couple of wins they are right back in there for the playoff race uh Dallas Cowboys lead that division at 2 and 3, Washington's 1 and 4. So, they they get a couple of wins strung together and they're right there. Uh just a few late games to get to with Miami Dolphins put an absolute shellacking on the San Francisco 49ers. What the hell was that 49ers? You guys were minutes away from winning the Super Bowl last year. Jimmy G What was that? That was a blowout game. From the first whistle, the 49ers didn't even look like they were awake for that game. Seriously. Jimmy G threw two terrible picks. Uh, Kyle Shanahan benched him immediately. Like, yeah, we all thought that the quarterback controversy was squashed when the 49ers' backups were just looking terrible last week, but then Jimmy G comes in, and he looks worse than they did. Dolphins win this one 43-17, and seriously, the Dolphins, I mean, the Dolphins are gonna be legit next year. They have so much draft capital next year. They had so much draft capital this year. They, wait, they spent it on a couple of offensive linemen. They spent it on a couple of cornerbacks. Next year... Go get yourself a wide receiver. You've got Tua. You guys keep winning games. I think the best recipe for Tua is to stay and continue to learn NFL. Get familiar with the offense. Get familiar with the playbook. Let Ryan Fitzmagic go out there and win a couple of games to keep the Dolphins fans off the coaching staff's back. And the Dolphins are going to be legit. I'm telling you, next year, the Dolphins are going to be good. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, thank you for everything you do for the NFL. We appreciate you. We love you. The 49ers are officially dead in my book. Injuries screwed them. Jimmy G looks terrible. They don't have a shot this year. We're in one of the toughest divisions in the league. Right off the 49ers. Kissing goodbye. Sayonara. 49ers are no more this year. We know every year, every game, there's at least one ugly injury. It makes you think that the NFL should be rated TVMA because we got that in Giants vs. Cavaliers this Sunday. Dak Prescott... Uh, I've I've said this several times. Dak, I love Dak. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He was on pace for a record-breaking season when it comes to yardage. Uh, he was willing a, a sorry Cowboys team to victories, and we had the good old ankle snappage. Um, it was gross. It was It was really tough to watch. CBS, Fox, whatever broadcast had that game. They replayed it for us in slow motion after it happened. Tony Romo thought it was a cramp. Um, it was a mess. It was emotional. I felt really bad. Dak was upset, obviously. He knew what was happening. And everyone in the stadium knew what was happening. Cowboys ended up winning Uh, Thankfully for Cowboys, they have Andy Dalton Longtime starter in the NFL Uh, He brought them back against A Giants team that was putting up a Hell of a fight But the Cowboys defense If they couldn't stop the Giants Who had scored three touchdowns All year combined Then They can't stop anyone else moving forward I'm concerned about The Cowboys Obviously I'm concerned about the Giants Uh, The Giants played their best game of the season so far. They had a couple of TDs, some great TDs. Fake field goal, uh, fake trick play, called back on penalties. They should have won that game. Andy Dalton came in after the ankle break. I'm sorry, Cowboys fans, but I don't know what to tell you. I think your season's over, sadly. Um, I don't know who comes out of that division. I seriously think, I actually think that the Washington football team can make a run. I mean, look at their schedule coming up. Let me get it pulled up here. Uh, They're one game back from the rest of that division, and the Cowboys losing Dak basically basically puts, you know, it's the Dakers. Uh, Coming up for the Washington football team, they got got the Giants, they got the Cowboys, and then they got the Giants, and then they got the Lions, and then the Bengals, and then the Cowboys game. So in the next one, two, three, four, five, six weeks, they play four divisional games. And I seriously, seriously think Washington's defense, it's not that bad. And they can get those games where it's basically two games uh, for them. So if they go out and beat the Cowboys and beat the Giants a couple of times, Washington is a legitimate playoff contender, as horrifying as that sounds. Um, last of the late games, Colts took on the Browns. This is one of the eight delishes. Uh, oh, Giants-Cowboys was an eight delish pick as well. Colts, I knew it coming into it. Colts never, ever scared me. Colts are not a good football team, and it really comes down to one man, and that's Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers looked bad, as he normally does. I said last week on episode 38, whoever wins the turnover battle in this game is going to win it all. Uh, Phil had a couple of picks, one of those was a pick six. Really the only reason that the Colts made this game somewhat competitive is a kickoff return to start the second half. The Browns, on the other hand, are rolling into Week 6, 4-1. and one. Again, what I think is the best division in football in the AFC North. Between them, the Steelers, and the Ravens, uh, the Browns look pretty, pretty solid. And that's with Baker Mayfield not playing very well. Dream Hunt, you know, he had the rushing title back in 2018. He's a premier runner in the league. They're not taking a step back on offense, so keep an eye out for the Browns. If Baker can stay healthy, he, get, he had his ribs x-rayed this week, and if they can just manage turnovers, and if their defense can create a couple of turnovers, then the Browns have a really good shot of winning football games. Uh, last game on the docket for us, Vikings for Seahawks, Sunday Night Football. I'll tell you this much, I fell asleep at halftime. Uh, that was unintentional, but I did. The Vikings, I had them. I picked them to win. The Seahawks won by one point. I think it was 28-27. to 27. Um, The Vikings, they were my 0-3 team to come back. I thought that they were they were starting to figure it out. And, listen, they went out there and they played a really good football game against an undefeated Seahawks team. Seahawks moved to 5-0 and on the year. Vikings take a step back. Um, I still think the Vikings are good. Dalvin Cook did tweak, come up with a groin injury. That's something to keep an eye on. For you fantasy football players out there, Alexander Madison, uh, he's my waiver-wire guy this week. Uh, If Dalvin misses any time whatsoever, go find Madison on your waivers and grab him, because he's going to get a lot of touches moving forward. Seahawks, they... I still think the Packers are the best team in the NFC. Um, The Seahawks, yeah, their offense is great, but that defense is just bad beyond repair, I think. And, you know, you can only rely on Russ so many times. I think Russ, at some point, is going to regress back to the mean of NFL quarterbacks, and he's going to stop being Mr. Unlimited, and we'll see. Um... I'm going to get, I want to give myself the the W on that pick because the Vikings came into that one pretty significant underdogs. They should have won it game, but whatever. I'm not going to get into it too much. Um, Just a quick recap. We'll get everyone out of here. Monday Night Football, we have the Chargers or Saints going on. I've got the Saints winning that one. And then Tuesday Night Football, Bills are taking on the Titans. I think the Titans may sneakily win that one. Could be a look-ahead game for the Bills coming up against the Chiefs. But let's run through the divisional standings real quick. AFC East, the Bills are on top of that, 4-0. AFC North, listen to these records. Steelers on top, 4-0. Ravens and Bears both tied up at 4-1. That's a great division. Steelers, Ravens, Browns, AFC North, solid division. AFC South, Titans are on that. They're 3-0. and AFC West, Kansas City Chiefs are still leading that one with 4-1. and NFC East, the Doo-Doo League, Dallas Cowboys are on top there, 2-3. and But seriously, Washington football team can make some headway very quickly if they can string together a couple of wins. NFC North: Green Bay Packers are four and zero. God, the Chicago Bears are four and one too. Jesus. NFC South: Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on top of that one, three and two. And then finally, rounding out the NFC West, that tough division, Seahawks are sor- sort of taking the lead there, um, start- starting to pull away a little bit, five and zero. The Los Angeles Rams are looking to keep pace, and then the Cardinals are looking to keep pace as well. That does it for week five. What a quick recap for you all there. I I hope you guys like the NFL music that I've got going in the background. It's nice to listen to while I'm running through all this stuff. Um, Chiefs fans, let's keep our heads up. We'll bounce back week six. I think this was a good one for us to realize, hey, we can't go out there and just half-ass every single game and expect to win. So we'll see what we do against the Bills next Monday. Everyone have a great rest of the week. Make sure you're enjoying all the football that you can because week five is in the books. Week six is right around the corner. All right, we'll talk to you guys.